Hey, hello and welcome to Fintech X. Uh, our today's podcast is on renaissance of fintech funding, a new era on the horizon. And I'm Anurag Jain, uh, one of the co-founders at CredX, uh, which is a bill discounting platform helping MSMEs and businesses to raise working capital on their unpaid invoices raised to large corporates. So today uh, we have uh, Satwik and Shruti uh, joining us. Uh, welcome Satwik and Shruti uh, to Fintech X. Thank you, Dharag. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Dharag. Thank you. Hey. So uh, quickly, uh, maybe a 30 second intro uh, for each one of you so that uh, our listeners have some perspective around uh, what what is your background and you know what what is the kind of companies you represent. So we'll start with Shruti. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Shruti Jain. I am the uh, Chief Strategy Officer at Arihan Capital Markets Limited at the moment. Uh, Arihant is a leading financial services company of India. We are a stockbroker, been in the business for last 30 years. And I've been he heading strategy here for last five years now. I also had my own startup, Get Prosper. Uh, it was a fintech uh, startup a few years back. Uh, but uh, due to certain reasons, we had to shut it down. But uh, I had a very good learning experience in the journey. And uh, I'm here in a financial services company. Uh, taking care of strategy and also following the fintech market. Sure. Thanks, Shruti. What about you, Satvik? Uh, sure. So I am Satvik Krishna, the CEO and co-founder at Unocoin. So Unocoin is the India's first crypto trading platform. So we provide the exchange and brokerage services for more than about uh, 85 different crypto assets starting from Bitcoin and Ethereum. So yeah, we are about uh, 45 of us serving about 2.3 million Indians. We just saw the Indian clients and kind of goes on. Yeah. Okay, thanks. So uh, let's start with uh, the current uh, fintech landscape. Uh, you know, we've seen uh, you know several reports, including the one recently coming in from SNP Global, stating that. Uh, funding into the global fintech companies have gone down 49% year over year uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you know what we are seeing is uh, you know there, there while there are uh, some offshoots uh, and light at the end of the tunnel we haven't seen it picking up uh, you know majorly in the last couple of quarters so what what do you see and, and we'll start with satvik uh, you know and maybe your your background around crypto uh, would would uh, you know, be a, a very specific uh, use case on the fintech side. So, what's your sense? I mean, why are we seeing this? Uh, uh, you know, maybe a temporary blip. Uh, you know, in in terms of the funding on the fintech side. Yeah, I mean, according to what I have seen, the trend of um, the investors uh, waiting and watching. So that is kind of very much started in the mid of last year, which is mid of twenty twenty two. So. Mm -hmm. Of the global various things that's happening, it's nothing specific to this alone, right? So it's kind of consolidation of the companies and all those things. I mean, we have actually, I mean, during these are the times when we actually see that uh, you know companies taking out other companies more actively as compared to when everyone is able to raise funding, then everyone will continue to have their aspirations and uh, try to go after that. But if you have to compare like what it was in the second half of 2022 to what it looks like in the first half of 23, I would say it has actually got a lot better, right? So 
uh, in this particular uh, first half of the year alone globally uh, the startups have received i mean as far as the fintech as the industry right so fintech related uh, startups they themselves have received over 100 billion dollars as compared to they barely touched 60 in the last uh, half of the year of 2022 so i think uh, it is slowly taking that uh, taking the turn um, is how i uh, i would uh, see this as and this is i mean once this happens it's again the kind of fomo is will will eventually get built and such and so uh, you feel that it is a temporary uh, blip rather than a permanent temporary is for sure but in the temporary blip how far have we traveled and when it looks like we will come back right so that oh, so you don't know whether it's the first quarter of the downturn or the last quarter <laughs> uh it has uh, started to uh, pick up is Look, what, okay uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's heartening. Uh, so, Shruti, uh, given that you've been, uh, you know, a part of an organization which is the flavor of the season, I think uh, everybody is gravitating towards the stock market. There's the, the the number of you know DMAT additions are at record high. The Sensex is like uh, sort of touching the sky. So, what's what's your sense? Uh, you know, while there's a lot of money flowing into public markets, uh, what is your sense on the private market side? So I think, uh, you know, uh, even the uh, funding that we were talking about and Satvik just mentioned that the numbers are looking brighter, but there had been a, a, a blip in between. And that is, I think, largely mimicking, uh, it's mimicking, mimicking the, the capital markets. So we'd seen a downturn in the capital markets worldwide and things had been slightly shaky. But uh, things are picking up now. The markets, in fact, are doing pretty well now. We know the markets are hitting record, record highs. And uh, uh, I think there was sort of a uh, lot of money flowing in, in the startup industry earlier. And fintech was obviously uh, in the spotlight. And because of which we saw that early stage to late stage, all sort of startups were getting money. But then uh, a few uh, quarters, you know, uh, I think 22, 23 had been slightly uh, low because of the fact that uh, that consolidation was happening and now I think investors are looking more at uh, late stage funding rather than early startup fundings but things would improve I think liquidity is there in the market the markets are picking up and uh, fintech has again uh, you know caught the attention so things should be fine I think along the way. So have you seen a trend uh, wherein uh, once you see a resurgence in the public markets uh, it is know followed by a resurgence in the private market because i mean whatever uh, the funds and investors are earning out of public markets it has to be deployed somewhere so do you see that happening uh, you know is there a trend around it i think we've seen historically that that has been the trend because obviously when the markets are doing well or when the public markets capital markets are doing well liquidity is back in the market people the sentiments are more positive and when that happens everybody wants to invest their money eventually right so I think uh, this should be a good, I mean, going ahead, things should look better. Yeah, and, and, and it's kind of uh, contrarian if you look at uh, the way the interest rates have shot up in the last, uh, you know, one, one and a half years. Uh, the the idea was to suppress the liquidity in the market. <laughs> but instead, uh, you know, 
somehow we've seen uh, you know the the regulators around the globe uh, chasing the inflation and they've not been able to contain it in a lot, in a lot of markets but anyways i think uh, that's an interesting story that is getting developed coming back uh, to satvik uh, so uh, you know one thing that we've seen uh, especially on the fintech side that you know we have to work closely with regulations right and uh, uh crypto uh, industry is a classic example so how how important do you think regulations are as far as fintech is concerned and and do you think investors should uh, maybe keep a uh, keep a risk premium for that uh, you know should they be looking at uh, regulations from an angle that it can actually come back haunting uh, you know once they've invested in the fintech companies so I, th- I think india obviously is one of the highly regulated countries right but mm-hmm. um, in spite of that we actually do see maybe even reserve bank of india allowing uh, some experimentation through sandbox uh, access that they are providing it to various uh, fintech companies with some strict limits on amount of transactions volume of transactions and uh, uh, the the value right number of customers and such Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah, I mean that is like friendly. Yes, that's good. But on the other side, um, because of lot of ambiguity uh, that happens, especially for startups, because it uh, it won't be hundred percent established, um, uh, you know, business uh, business method methodologies. Um, there, because of this ambiguity, there are. um various departments which uh, will will see this to be like a, a weaker point of the entire uh, economy because they for whatever reason are not able to follow a specific thing because maybe the tech is not allowing it the concept itself is not allowing etc and is a, sorry to interrupt but is that a india specific uh, case uh, satvik because we've seen uh, regulators uh, you know tightening the news across the globe um see usually other laws i see in other countries they are comparatively giving higher limits and being lenient when they give sandboxes and mm-hmm. when it comes to the actual regulations there are less loopholes right mm-hmm. so in india ambiguity is more right mm-hmm. so and how exactly to handle and usually the startups take whatever is more um uh, favorable to them but as compared to the regulators who will see it the uh, complete other way so there is always uh, you know some kind of uh, mismatch and wherever um uh, there is um an issue at a specific sector is a specific startup specific industry and such um instead of cr- trying to create a better and proper regulation uh we have seen government um using other departments like tds or, uh, or gst etc Uh, to tighten the screws, so which shouldn't uh, uh, be that way um, is one another thing. What I think, but apart from that, yes, we uh, we do actually have forward-looking uh, regulators to some extent, um, but I think their hands are uh, tied up to a great extent as well. If you are talking about the rules of Reserve Bank of India, a lot of that is like more than hundred years old, right? So uh, it's actually tough for them as well. Uh, but as we continue to go forward i think uh, they are definitely required to catch up you know no other way um, so to some extent yeah uh, we also yeah. see uh, some of the regulators even like inviting us uh, to talk about the views of 
how they if they word it in a specific way, if the term in a specific way, if, if they create a framework in a specific way, is it fine for the industry whether it still works or not? Because they themselves are not experts. It's a new industries, um, so they are inviting, uh, and that's happening only since three four years. Um, yeah, it, it it is getting better in in, in India, I think. Yeah. So uh, coming back to Shruti, uh, you, you know, equity and uh, you know investment market per se has been you know looking up for the last couple of years, and you know while it had its own share of tough times. Uh, uh, when it opened up, uh, I think uh, the journey has now, you know, become more smooth. So, how has been your experience with the regulator, uh, in maybe Sebi, in your case, uh, over, over the last couple of years, uh, in, and you know, arriving at the stage where the markets are at this point in time? So, Anurag, uh, if you're talking specifically about the stockbroking industry per se, the equity markets where retail and institutional investors come and invest, I think among the uh, whole gamut of fintech, if we speak, uh, this has been the most regulated uh, right. aspect. And also the slew of regulations which has come over the last two years has been quite a lot. I, I don't think any other industry uh, saw as many increase in compliances as uh, our industry per se but i think it's actually on the positive because although while we are facing challenge as a company uh, i'm sure a lot of fintech players who are in the market as well as other uh, traditional brokers are facing challenges but it, it is in the interest of not just the investors but it also helps us as a broker to make sure that we are also regulated and safe because risk management is a very important part when it comes to uh, the whole financial industry right mm -hmm. so i think uh, regulators have been very penalizing uh, the the number of regulations have increased, but companies who are well able to manage the compliance and are playing well with the man, uh, I mean compliance requirement, I think are the ones who will be uh, you know who will set the next uh, uh, stage of growth. And it's not just for our industry. I would say it's it's pretty much in every fintech uh, uh, aspect it applies to. And I think from that angle, if you you know I mean and let's say you know when you compare with what satvik just mentioned uh, you know the regulations have been penalizing for the industry but uh, it has not yet seen uh, you know the 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 good times per se i mean as compared to what we have seen on the equity side so right. do you see that uh, happening in the other sectors as well i mean you know, they, absolutely they uh, so i think uh, satvik was mentioning about the rbi sandbox i think it came in picture in 20 sometime 2019 and uh, basically regulators are actually actively encouraging innovation because they want uh, digitization to happen in this space so uh, once you know that ambiguity is clear because if you are playing in a space and you're not clear what is to be done and what not to be done even though you are trying to scale up it becomes a problem after a while because after a certain scale you cannot really uh, play with fire when it comes to compliance right so even rbi and other regulatory i mean for insurance it's irda and for others it's uh, other uh, regulatory bodies but i think each one of them are kind of understanding that these new players are coming in and we have to set the ground right for them so it is in the interest of the companies as well as the uh clients so i think uh they, they they are setting up those regulations and i think that will help the industry uh really grow faster whether it's fintech insurance tech wealth tech whatever it is in the fintech space i think it's a good thing and it will help them grow further so coming back to the uh 
uh, you know the funding piece uh, from an investor perspective uh, what we have seen is you know fintech has gone through a lot of turmoil you know across subsectors whether it is crypto whether it is equity whether it is digital lending and so on and so forth and what that brings us to is the fact that the gestation period for any company starting up on the fintech side is much much higher than the other other sectors what that means for uh, an investor is that he has i mean he or she has to be a patient uh, investor and you know and be invested for long does that mean that uh, it's not for the vc world do we do we see more long term capital coming in whether it is to do with pension funds family offices or you know a similar kind of uh, private capital what is your view uh, satvik on this one so when it when it comes to the how, how long they want to wait to get the returns i think generally for for vc world they count it to be on an average of 10 years so uh, wherever uh, vc funds are putting in money they'll actually see in 10 years how many approximate excess would come and if they are at least able to pay back uh, the minimum required uh, money which is which usually comes up with some kind of irr to their limited partners right so when it comes to the of fintechs yes i do agree it actually takes comparatively longer time uh, to to actually get to the ipo or get to uh, any kind of exits as compared to uh, the companies uh, which are much more into disruptive industries right so it could be artificial intelligence or it could be uh, say normal e-commerce and what not right so or it could be de- delivery apps and, and and those things specifically so they actually see the results comparatively faster it it could be a successful result or it could be a failure so beat whatever it is so they, they uh, i mean so generally speaking um, most of the vcs who have uh, who are sector agnostic they definitely dedicate about 30 to 40% of the of the fund itself to uh, fund the fintech companies right so so th- so that's how i see so it is just about spreading the risk um, as well and when it comes to fintech if they are able to stand still for at least like 5 or 6 years uh, the stability of them uh, having the long term life and providing an exit i think would uh, would increase i guess what is your view on this uh, shruti i think even as of now as we speak if you see uh, you know uh, the uh, deals by value it's still venture capitals which are investing most in fintech mm-hmm. so i think they they are in for the long game they understand what is needed and it's a very sophisticated uh, uh, space to invest in so i don't think that's a deal breaker like given the fact that you you need a higher gestation period okay something you want to say something no yeah yeah sure i i agree so uh, like how um, uh, a a wealth manager would uh, would divide the portfolio into less risk high risk moderate risk in a similar way the vcs would also divide their total uh, number of companies they want to invest into short term mid term and long term and such uh, but yeah fintechs have given them a higher return even if it takes little extra time okay given the recent uh, developments that you have seen uh, on the digital lending side uh, wherein uh, you know there were a lot of guidelines that were rolled out uh, by the regulator and uh, the fintechs were 
obviously uh, you know asked to comply to these regulations so what what is your view on you know innovation versus regulation you know dilemma that the fintechs are facing today right so uh, you know some of the models that came up in the last couple of years when they started they were obviously not regulated and you know and, and if they were not given that time to see the light of the day or you know to go through the incubation period they would have you know seen an early death and would not have uh, you know come up uh, the curve and you know eventually gotten regulated so what do you feel uh, i mean does that i mean given the fact that there is a lot of regulation in the fintech side do you really see any innovation coming or you know fintechs conveniently aligning with the uh, existing uh, definitions of the regulator and you know just being on the safe side so uh, i think uh, see you, you obviously cannot get regulations first even before innovation so that is like out of question so it has to be like uh, there are some people trying to do something uh, to some extent it is working but before it reaches masses and uh, uh, people actually you know start uh, kind of any kind of illicit activities around it or kind of some kind of ponzi schemes or some kind of uh, some multi-level marketing and such things and trying to build it in such a way that it is not accurate so that's exactly when you definitely leave the regulation if things cannot go wrong there is no need of regulation itself okay so um yeah so so so, so given this context we will need the uh, innovation and some people trying to push the pedal, trying to think out of the box, trying to push the boundaries to see like what else is possible, right? So that then exactly the regulators would hop in and say that, okay, uh, this is something good. Uh, we never thought of this. Fine, we will bring up regulation. So that will that will not happen again in short term, right? So sometimes it will take five years. It could sometimes it could take even ten years just for the like you were saying the the lending space, especially the peer to peer one. I think it has taken about like 12, 12 to fifteen years depending upon various companies whenever they were created before they eventually got regulated. And when it comes to the crypto, um, in India, uh, we are the first, actually, we are the first company. So it's it's it's, it's 10th year already, uh, no full regulation set. I mean, partially we are, but not like end-to-end -end, um, regulated, right? So uh, yeah, it has to be like, it should exist, it should help people. And if it is absolutely not helping people, if it is not helping government, then no need of regulation and the business won't even survive anyway. Kind of but say. who who should uh, be deciding that? I mean, do you think uh, that uh, the regulators are, uh, you know, equipped with that kind of a background or the yeah. knowledge or the research that is required to be able to take a call on that? Or does oh. it have to be a more collective effort between the industry, the regulator, stakeholders, as well as the participants? Uh, I cannot speak about other industries. I'm not much involved. But when it comes to crypto, yes, uh, these regulators actually get the industry players involved as well. So we we sit together to uh, say, okay, this is something that is possible. What is not possible, and how to how to handle it. Um, if it was absolutely straightforward, then it's it's unlikely there is no regulation for it already, right? So uh, so lot of like gray area is where you will need to call it white or black. Right, so that's where the regulators uh, role, and at the same time, the industry experts um, role also come in. So they they all have to sit together to uh, discuss on the possibilities and be open about what could go wrong, and then how to make sure that the regulation somehow addresses it. 
okay yes. so shruti uh, i mean talking specifically uh, about uh, your industry i think that there has been a lot of uh, you know innovation coming in on top of uh, the regulation that you've seen uh, you know in in your industry so how do you how do you see the the you know the future i mean have you hit the roof or do you still feel that there's a lot more to be done you know as far as your sector is concerned i think there's a lot more innovation which is going to happen in the uh, wealth tech and uh, retail investment space and uh, sebi is working with the uh, fintech players with the industry players and in trying to understand what can be done what what would fall under the you know uh the risk management guidelines and be approved by them and what wouldn't so i think uh, the regulators whether it's rbi or sebi i think they they were slightly more cautious in the beginning because it was something new and they had to make sure that all the safeguards are in place but they do understand that uh, you know in the fintech space the startups are basically trying to help uh, their own goals of financial inclusion right that's that's been a big push from the government and from all the regulators they want financial regulation uh, inclusion sorry and uh, this financial inclusion Uh, is only possible when the two of them you know the players as well as the regulators work together so i think they are doing that whether it's our space or any other space in the fintech industry uh, and uh, these kind of innovations has actually helped financial inclusion in uh, you know tier 2 tier 3 cities and even rural areas so digital lending specifically has been one of the uh, i think key areas of growth when it comes to financial inclusion so uh, i think they were cautious earlier but they are now more open to uh, hearing out and understanding because they know that this is the only way forward understood understood so one last uh, point uh, you know and maybe we'll we'll sum it up uh, so which are the sectors within fintech which you see booming in the next couple of years uh, you know so let's say which are the sectors you feel are attracting uh will attract significant investments uh, in the next couple of years as per your reading of the market uh, maybe we'll start with shruti again i think i would want it to happen in our industry of course but uh, <laughs> uh, it's actually a very good space and i think it would see a slew of investments coming in and even crypto for that matter insurance is another great area because uh, there's a lot that needs to be done in the insurance space and it's already happening as well so for me i think uh, you know wealth tech insurance and crypto are going to be the way forward uh, uh, you know spotlight areas okay how about you satvik um i think neo banks as well um, so it it's kind of uh, the banks continue to become rigid because of their own compliance reasons and such uh, and when it comes to the startups they need Uh, the banking services with lot of automation and such so some of the banks are open to it and some of them are not and such so when it comes to oh, this issue the neo banks have been like super supportive so where they are creating a layer between uh, sometimes yeah the kind of creating a layer between the banks and uh, the fintech so this kind of required but apart from that yes i agree with shruti so insurance tech wealth tech and crypto yeah so anything which has a tech uh, at the last you know will see a see an investment coming <laughs> no, no no if see you're starting with fintech right so right 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 already there you cannot remove that tech no no so, obviously tech is definitely an area tech what are the things right so yeah i, I don't think this could be that yeah uh, i think and that was uh, a great and insightful uh, discussion and thanks uh, shruti and satvik 
for joining us uh, today at fintech x uh, it was a pleasure talking to both of you and understanding your views on the industry so thank you so much uh, everybody uh, for uh, listening in and uh, we'll be back with another episode of fintech x uh, in, in future thank you so much thank you Anurab. thank you for listening thank you Anurab.